I will have to talk about copyright issues as well. I'm not <laughs> no. sure what happens there. Well, it's a good thing we're not uh, recording this to be played until after the fact. That's true. We'll have all that time to get that sorted before the play. Mostly, I just figure, like, just go for it. And if someone really calls, you know, Beyonce or something, is like, hey, by the way, there's unauthorized <laughs> usage here, then fine. Is there Beyonce in this? There's no Beyonce, no. No, that was just an example. But, I mean, I would love if Beyonce came and, like, yelled at me for a while. I'd be so turned on. Well, then you know you've made it. Yeah. Again, the ultimate dream here is that Lin-Manuel Miranda buys this off me. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah. I'd give it to him for free, actually. I'd be like, you're a genius. I love you. Here's a free play. <laughs> So, folks, it's gonna take a little longer to set up here. Da 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 da. Oh. <laughs> Are we rolling? Yeah, we're rolling. <laughs> are we really? Yeah, yeah, you always do a little pre because I never know. Oh, what these are really definitely like just outtake talk. This is yeah, <laughs> it's all good. Mm-hmm. Did you get the whole discussion of the water? <laughs> uh, no, I don't think I did. But we do have some uh, some really. Uh, Artsy water here. Art. Art. Oh, life. Water. <laughs> oh. I was wondering okay. how you're going to pronounce that. Waiter. Water. Yeah. <clears throat> and mine apparently has uh, what most people are saying of the fish. Although I think the art on the front of mine could also be a uh, face. It's not that abstract. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> welcome. <laughs> Where's my glass? There we go. Da, 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 da. Okay, folks, let's so get this a little closer to me. And I think <laughs> we're about ready to begin. Let's let's do this. Nice. Hello, and welcome to the Hello Calgary podcast. I am your host, the Prophet Esau, joined once again by the Pit Lip crew. To my right, Easy Evan, and to his right, Infectious. And thank we're here. you for having us. Yes, thank you for having us. Once again. So glad to have you here. Oh yeah. Oh, that sounded like... No. Sounded like... Oh yeah. <laughs> but, but it's just that. <laughs> oh yeah, should we just do that? <laughs> Welcome to Hello Calgary. Sponsored by uh, the best chip in the world, That's Doritos right. Jalapeno and Cheddar. Mm-hmm. Mm. And still, the offer is out there for Doritos to send us free bags. <laughs> oh, they, they haven't been emailing you? Where did you think I got these? <laughs> Sweet. <laughs> Today's topic is all about writing. On writing. Yeah. And uh, the reason being, and the impetus for this, is that there is going to be a... Uh, read through happening today on the Hello Calgary podcast. Unfortunately for our current listeners, at this point in time, you won't be able to hear the read through as the play has not gone into production, nor rehearsal, nor nothing. This is all brand new. This is the first time it's ever been read. Mm-hmm. And so we're just going to be capturing that so that after the fact, perhaps, if all goes according to plan, we will be able to air that, our version of the play. Thank you. Written by a local playwright, Easy Evan, right here on my right. 
And I, I assume those listening have followed the QR code on the, uh, the poster of the play. We've all, they've all viewed the play by now. That's Sometime right. Sometime in the, our future, yeah. listeners past. That's right. It's like time to be right now. Yeah. Yeah. So just to give you uh, the working title at the time of this recording is, uh, and I'm not going to use the one that we've had. I actually have a new one all written up here. Very good. Very good. Because I didn't want to give too much away. Okay. It's called A Christmas Classic. Oh, wow. Oh. Oof. Yeah. Ooh. Ooh. There's a... Working title. Sounds like a lot of pressure on that one, but I like that. It's bold. It's... uh, But I like what we're doing here with time. We're stretching time here, so it's Mm. already a classic. It's already classic. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah, so... Okay, so... Before we get started... Yeah. We're forgetting something because oh, we've yeah. already drank it. I'm <laughs> sorry, yes. So, we began this podcast with a very lovely Chianti, Gabbiano, Cavaliere d'Oro, which means the horse of gold. Um, it's a Doc G, Chianti from Italy, nice Sangiovese grape, and um, it was a great, great start for for today's podcast, absolutely. And it's going to be leading to another topic. On uh, the whole relevance of Doc G and places where uh, wine comes from, yep. is that notation just enough on its own? The Doc, the Doc G, we're going to have oh. to try them all. We're going to have to try all regions. Well, do you know what Doc G, do you want me to explain what I'd, Doc I'd G, love G is? Or? Okay, well, Please. so Doc G, it's, it's a label. And in Italian, it means denominazione originale controllata garantita, meaning that the area from which the wine comes is protected, right? The Doc G means it's guaranteed to be from that specific region. Okay. There are things like Docs, right, which is not Doc G, so there's no real guarantee. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's kind of a way to, like, certify that what you're drinking is an authentic, protected wine from the area it's meant to be. Okay. In this case, the Chianti region. What's it protected from? It's protected by, like, the rules of making wine, okay. right? It's recognized as, like, um, almost like as a heritage sort of piece, right? So when we say protected, it means it's, like, the rules are followed very officially. There are strict laws that govern the winemaking and the grapes that can be used. Okay. So it's almost like the Italian version of champagne. Like I, I always think of champagne as something that kind has of, to yeah. come from somewhere. Yeah, exactly, yeah. yeah. Um, and in, in French, they have AOCs, which are Appalachians, origin, uh, control, A, uh, Which cool. we will be trying as well. Uh, oh, we got to try the, the AOCs, yeah. yeah. So champagne yeah. would definitely be an AOC, which means it can only come from that one particular region, okay. right? So, yeah. Cool. And we will tour this blind. We will be inviting a new guest to the show. Yes. I had a couple suggestions. Long-time listener, first-time joiner. Absolutely. That's one. The one that's been begging to be on the program. Mm -hmm. KG, we hear your calls. Oh, she drinks boxed wine. I know. Oh, it'll be lost on her. bring a whole new angle to this. Oh, boy. Okay. I am looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to someone else bringing the shittiest wine. Uh, by the way, dear listeners, I don't think there's a shitty wine amongst us today. I, I think everyone kind of just brought their A game, and you know what? The bad wine might have been brought by me. I brought a Portuguese today. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, so... And I've, you know what? I don't even think it's going to be bad. I'm looking forward to that one. Is it the only... Like, what do we have? What, what else do we have here? All right, so we have a Rioja from Spain. Okay. We've got another Chianti. 
We've got a Beaujolais, always good. We've got a, a Portuguese. And we've got a, uh, like a Sicilian wine, which actually <laughs> brought by me might be another bad one, just so mm. we're clear. Because um, <laughs> those profiles will be a little bit different than we normally have, so. Yeah. I like it. Probably better than Peller family, though. Well, you know. If you're listening, well, Peller family, <laughs> I still want an apology. Or a sponsorship. I think yeah, I'll take, I'll take a of, box of that. Sure, I mean whatever. He's actually, across the stuff everywhere he goes. It's almost <laughs> worth hearing the anecdote. Wow, that's right. About Peller family. So, yeah, it this summer it does travel. I thought it was exclusive to garbage places, but apparently, well, actually, I was in Regina, so never mind. Um, for any oh. of you Regina listeners out there, <laughs> for a second, I thought you were I don't like in Edmonton your city. or something. <laughs> Well, you can wear sweatpants if you want. <laughs> oh, my God. So, uh, yeah, I was at a wedding this summer in Regina. My cousin got married. Love my cousin. Fantastic. Um, and we had obviously joked about Peller family wine maybe a year ago or so, right? I think I berated Infectious for about 10 minutes, if you recall that podcast. Joke is one word. Joke, yeah. joke is <laughs> a word. Yeah. Yeah, it was always a comparison point. <laughs> and I... I look at the table wine, and I notice something oddly familiar about it, and upon closer <laughs> inspection, staring me right back in the fucking face is the Peller family, the smiling, happy motherfucking <laughs> Peller family just taunting me. The thing you recognized was joy. Was that what they call that it, was joy? joy? I think they're mocking us for buying it, honestly. Yeah, they're joyful that they took our money. Honestly. I bet they're pretty wealthy. I bet you they are, too. Maybe they can afford to make better wine. Well, they can afford to get grapes, not only from (laughs) Canada, but from around the world. That's right. Wasn't the label say, like, (laughs) various grapes, period? Like, just (laughs) lots of grapes. From Canada and around the world. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you can't escape. You know what? Maybe maybe I'm in the wrong. Maybe Peller family's on the up, and uh, they're the next big, they're the new Chianti. Well, I, I mean, I can't prove this, but I, I have strong suspicions that it was that episode and my bringing it that is, has probably increased the sales of Peller family at certain events such as weddings in Saskatchewan. Absolutely. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And Edmonton. And Edmonton. Yeah. Hello, humans, and welcome to the Hello Calgary podcast, Freedom of Voice. Funny, yeah? yeah. Can't escape Peller family wine. That's and it will be making a reappearance at our uh, wine tasting in the future. You oh, it must. It Honestly, you know what? Absolutely. <laughs> the blind taste test. That's going right. to be. And then we'll find out. <laughs> you guys heard about this? Obviously, I think in the 1980s, they were trying to test the the quality of wine, right? Because the whole um, stereotype, obviously, old world wine is better than new world wine. Mm-hmm. So they had this competition, like wines from old world, Europe, you know, Italy, France, etc., put up against new world wines from like California especially. Mm-hmm. And the taste testers, blind taste testers, these sommeliers described this one red wine as the best of all the wines. Turns out it was the Californian wine. Wow. So yeah, maybe Peller family comes in strong and wins our blind taste test. It could. Ooh, can we do like a round robin sort of like round of like a, a March Madness of like wines and pit like one against Ooh, another a and then a bracket and they keep moving forward oh, until they get like to it. the end? Absolutely. Yeah. Oh man. Man, I love this idea. Are you writing that down? 
Um, yes, actually, I was going to just play you some, uh, where are we here? Some leap motif. Hmm. Can you hear that? Yeah. No. Yeah. yeah. Can you hear something coming through? It's oh, coming I, through. Yeah. Oh, it's building. Oh, yeah. It's a crescendo. I feel it in my loins. Totally. And that gives me the time to write this down. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, there are two bags of this flavor, so if you want to open them both, go for it. Oh, did we just... Oh, and you Oh, you brought two of the good ones, and then the other... Yeah. You know what? They're also good, though. Honestly. Yeah, it's true. I mean, you can't go wrong with any flavor of Dorito. Except Cool Unless Ranch. you're celiac, in which case you should only get gluten-free. Is Doritos all gluten-free? Unfortunately not. Oh, what? Yeah. How can some be gluten-free and some not if they're made by the same, like, well, company, same style? It's It must have to do with the seasoning. Because the one that I know is, that is not gluten-free used to be my favorite. Which was? <clears throat> I think it's called Sweet Chili oh, Heat. Oh, Sweet Chili Heat yeah. is the bomb. It was always my favorite. Oh. Yeah. But that's not gluten-free. Says right on it. That no, not missing much. Yeah. Right. But you know what? I respect that. I know that. You tell us. As a celiac. Yeah. I cannot eat that type of chip, but they put it on the label, and that that's nice. is important. I like the um, yeah. the upfrontness. Like, yeah. yeah. I think it's weird that they can't make a gluten-free that chip. That is true. They probably just based should. on the flavor. Yeah, actually, now that you mention it. Like, that. what's the difference between a jalapeno <laughs> cheddar and a sweet chili heat? Well, what spice would have like gluten in it? I'm willing to bet it's malt. Mm. A lot of uh, barbecue sauces have malt, and malt comes from barley. Mm-hmm. So a lot of barbecue type flavors have malt in them or oh. barley. So that's why you got to be careful with barbecue sauces. There are some excellent <laughs> gluten-free barbecue sauces, mm-hmm. but there are also some very gluteny barbecue sauces. Glutinous monstrosities. <laughs> Glutinous. <laughs> Glutinous mofos. <laughs> but as I was saying, if, uh, Prophet, if you wanted to open the other bag of these so that they're closer to you, I, oh, actually, that was what I was thinking when I bought two of this flavor. They tend to be the popular And choice. infectious, always coming through with the chips. Just. <laughs> I oh. just find they pair well with pretty much any wine. Any wine, yes. They. <laughs> If we dared drink white wine, they would pair well with that mm-hmm. as well, but... This could be a new thing, folks. You know, I actually didn't end up doing this, but I was, I was, I wanted to bring some olives. Oh, nice. I think next time I'm going to bring olives. I would support that. Yeah. I do have some olives. We'll get them out here oh, soon. Oh, yeah? Absolutely. Nice. Very good. Yeah, not your, your swank artisan <laughs> olives. Okay. They should, yeah. I'm talking like... Goat cheese coated, almond stuffed, hmm. herbaceous, big fat queen <laughs> olives just from have the Italian what, center. I'll just have what he's having. That's fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've got olives. Next time. I was at this very fancy bar in Calgary. It's called Major Tom Bar. It's like the bar that's on the 40th floor mm. of uh, an abandoned like Shaw building or something. I don't know. Cool. And their whole like claim to fame is that they have their like homemade martinis pre-made so they all come in like a bottle like a frozen bottle wow. so your martini boom they pop the cap off right into a glass right it's actually quite delightful that's a claim to fame yeah because wow. they because they, they pre-make their like artisanal mm. um martinis anyway the other selling feature they have is that it comes with a side of like blue cheese stuffed olives Ooh. I had this bowl sitting beside me 
and I don't want blue cheese sauce olives. I just want regular olives. So, <laughs> I was just wondering about that. So yeah. I drank my martini. I'm like, yeah, it's good. And the guy knows because my martini is, or my bowl is still full of olives. He's like, oh, no. do you want regular olives? I'm like, yes. I would actually <laughs> love regular plain green olives. Thank you. Mm, okay. Ate those like that. So. Okay. Yeah. I, I respect the blue that. cheese one? I was no, I don't want that. that same Damn, person. really? It's really good. I know. It's, you don't like blue cheese? Not really. I like, I was a very picky eater growing up. Very, very picky. Hmm. My palate has expanded tremendously. Um, blue but cheese, I think... Precisely, I bet, because you have a very a very sensitive palate. I'm specific, I guess. Maybe I'm still picky, but it is, it is kind of very, like, specific. Hmm. A big thing for me is texture. I don't like creamy texture. Oh. So, it, for that reason, I don't like mayonnaise. Okay. Or any kind of, like, cream-based sauces. That texture bothers me. Interesting. Yeah. So you don't like... Carbonara, spaghetti carbonara. No. Oysters. <clears throat> well, that's just gross. Anything <laughs> like straight up anything from the sea, you're drinking for, you're eating from the world's toilet. So no, I don't do anything from the sea. That's <laughs> we just all a personal came from preference. the sea. We're from the sea. Yeah. Well, back when it was clean. <laughs> it was clean until we left. <laughs> Full of microplastics. <laughs> yeah. Apparently, even meat. Has microplastics in it. Everything does now. We we fucked up so bad. We foobard. I just want to say, for those of you with kids, your children are probably the last generation to live on this planet, so enjoy. Yeah. Anyway, that's... The next one will be better. (laughs) (laughs) The new planet. Yeah, we won't mess that one up. A couple Tesla bots terraform the place. It'll be nice by the time we get there. (laughs) We'll be living on a garbage raft somewhere in the ocean. <laughs> the size of Texas. By 2500, Waterworld's coming, so That's there we go. <laughs> and George Jetson is due to be born soon, I think. When that is true. I think he was already born just like a really? couple weeks ago. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah? Man. Not much is... Well, no, not much is correct about that. It's interesting. <clears throat> the predictions of what the future would look like. With, like, Back to the Future. I think they all kind of overshot human capacity for, like, flying cars. <laughs> Honestly, like... <laughs> but we are all just pushing buttons now. It is true. No, there's oh, yeah. a lot, like... They the totally underestimated push. that kind of stuff. Yeah. Like, you think of the, the TV screen phone that they had in Back to the Future 2. Right. Like, this huge, big screen on the wall. They never would have imagined that you could have that in your pocket. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. So I think a lot of their predictions were more mechanical than digital, mm-hmm. like flying things, but they never anticipated. Or like robot servers. I yeah. mean, we do have like, there are actually robot servers, but. Mm-hmm. Um, and self-driving cars, I guess, but that's digital. Yeah. 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 And they can't read uh, horse-drawn carriages, apparently. They turn them into Ooh. like oncoming traffic and other objects in the <laughs> oh in trying to determine what it is because it's so slow and awkward moving. Interesting. Yeah, I don't know if uh, I'm ready for autonomous driving, <laughs> but yeah, hell no. no, no. If I crash the car, it better be me crashing it. Mm-hmm. Quite honestly, like I don't trust anything yeah. automatic. Like, how does that affect your insurance? If your autopilot crashes your car, I'd be more worried about like. What if I just die because it's just, yeah. Yeah, death too. 
Yeah. You'll run over a horse-drawn carriage or something. Okay, where are you driving <laughs> that you're running into horse-drawn carriages? Manhattan, man. Are we, okay, well. We're talking about the future. <laughs> okay, if we drive in Manhattan, yes, that might happen, but. <laughs> There's a lot of talk about horse-drawn carriages already. <laughs> And artificial intelligence. <laughs> you hear that there's like a bunch uh, of AI that people are like, nah, they're sentient. Really? They're, they're alive now. Yeah. Oh, Ma'am. Yeah. But they don't have feelings. How do you know? What are feelings? Because they're robots. Mm. <clears throat> but maybe not feelings like you or I. Not biological feelings. But mm. they have their version of feelings. Do we actually have feelings? Is I think that's all we really have. <clears throat> we don't have choice. We're on automatic uh. in the hands of the computer, but <laughs> but we do feel what we're going through, and it sure feels like choice. Well, sure if we're all in the hands like of the robot, things. are they yeah. our feelings? Like, if we're in the hands of the robot, are the feelings even ours then, or are they just given to us? Given to us. And we just, like, sense... Or it's your reaction. <clears throat> it's your perspective reacting yeah. to the situation. It's like stimulus response, right? So our emotions are driven by our biology and evolution, right? So, like... Fear keeps us safe. Uh, love, or so it feels like. <clears throat> well, because right. he, he believes we're just controlled by a robot right now. I think we're watching a movie of ourselves. It didn't matter what I Ooh. did. Today we are going to be podcasting. This is just what was going to happen. Really? Yeah. Well, yeah. Isn't that just fate? Then? It's more than yeah, yeah. No, it's like, like it's fatalism. I'm saying fatalist? that like we're not making choices, boys. Sure feels like it. Well, what if I wasn't <laughs> here? That would be my choice not to be here. You'd feel that way, but it was just pre-written into your story. Kind of like the script you have here. You're kind of sounding low. Oh, nice. Nice segue. segue. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to the new segment here uh, on the Hello Calgary podcast. Um, Speaking of (laughs) pre-written narratives. Okay, okay. I would like to, I'm sorry. This is, I I would like to... um, Raise a glass at this moment. Oh, because I'm going to need a glass. What the oh, yeah, let's oh. get some more wine in that glass. Uh, this one's screw top. We'll do this one. Ooh, that's the, the gamble. <laughs> the wine. gamble. The gamble. We're wine. doing this one next because it's screw top and it won't interrupt us too much. This is a Portuguese wine. In Portuguese, they call it Vino Tinto. Um, and it is a Beira. A Beira interior, DOC. 2018, Tempranillo, Torriga Nacionale, Tinta Ruiz, and I've uh, I've had one Portuguese wine. No, I have two. One was awful. The other one was good. Right? They've had hundreds of years of wine making, so um, we'll give it a try. Hmm. Tempranillo is cool. <clears throat> I do like. And the screw top comes right off. Ooh, that's a dark one. Oh, that uh-huh. is ruby. Oh, very nice. All right. Listeners, that is like opaque. You can't even see through that. Nope. It looks rich. I'm looking forward to trying it. Okay. <clears throat> what were we toasting there? Okay. I wanted to propose a toast here. <clears throat> because this, first of all, we have a bard among us. <laughs> and I want to congratulate EZE on, on having written a complete script for a play this past summer it's insane that's insane that's awesome it on is. demand uh, well oh huge thank you it's i appreciate it thank you so much um well, yeah 
I mean, I, re I respect the, the fact that you did it. I've never, like, to write a script is beyond my comprehension. I write poetry, and I cannot imagine writing a full script for a play. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, I'd like to talk about the whole process. Mm -hmm. Cheers, Cheers. 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 Cheers on that. Yeah, to the bard. Oh, Richie, Richie. So cheers to the bard, uh, and thank you for bringing this to us. Of course, I'm excited. There's no one else I'd rather do this reading with than you guys. Mostly because um, Prophet asked me to write one. <laughs> it's a commissioned work? It, commissioned. Like it is commissioned, yes. All of Shakespeare's plays, you know, those were... That's, that's absolutely true. I'm getting paid in Niposano. Reserva, yeah. so... Um, okay, so... <laughs> and yeah. fame. And fame. So, I mean... I don't know how long scripts are supposed to be. I don't know. Mine clocks into 30 pages. Um, I don't know how long it will read at. Um, but yeah, in, I think it was like honestly June. Mm -hmm. Prophet looks at me and he's talking about the movies that made us, right? That Netflix series, right? He's like, you know mm -hmm. what? You know what's great? Elf. He's like, because when, <laughs> when um, John Favreau made Elf, he had like three sort of things he wanted. It had to be like right. family friendly. Mm -hmm. It had to be shown every year. What mm -hmm. was the other one? It had to be a classic. A classic, right? And he goes on, he's like, wouldn't it be great if, you know, we could just write and produce our own Christmas play just mm -hmm. like Elf? And then he looked at me for about a minute. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, all right, I'll do that. Mm -hmm. And at that moment, I had agreed to write a Christmas play. He gave me a working title, which we won't, because we were going to stay away no. from it. No, no, that's why I moved yeah. it to our new working title. So he gave me a working title to work with, and he mm -hmm. gave me sort of this general, like, here's one sort of plot point for what could happen. And I took it, and I was like, yeah, let's, I kind of got excited, let's do that. And the whole point is, you know, like, we can maybe have our own play that we can produce and show if a local school wants to show it. Maybe we can ship it around to local schools mm -hmm. and see if they want to perform this Christmas classic. Um, and that was in June. We're calling the original production. For a cost, of course. Of course. Travel costs. Naturally. 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 Yeah. Like craft services. Um, <laughs> and then um, summer happened, July came and went, and then August came, and, you know, I think August 1st, I looked at myself and said, shit, I better start writing a play. <laughs> I said, I have one. Is this and after you read Moby Dick now? I haven't finished Moby Dick. I have one chapter left. Oh, It's been a whale of an adventure. <laughs> I'm this close. You know what? I, I go to the gym, and then after I weightlift, I go on the bike, mm -hmm. recumbent bike, read my Moby Dick. I'm like 20 pages from finishing. I'll finish it before. So I still got Moby Dick on the go, but this, this took precedent. In Ooh. fact, there was one day I was uh, weightlifting, and probably about August 1st or so, and I was still thinking about this play. I'm like, what? Like, how is this even going to work? And it hit me. So I actually dropped the weights, went right to the bike, and on my phone, I just put it all in my no. phone, the entire plot. On your bike. All nice. on the bike, on the phone. And I'm like, here we I go. I love it. And then I had to start writing it. That's in the documentary. Okay. That's yeah. in the documentary. Yeah. I, Take note of this, because that reminds me <laughs> of how Haruki Murakami got started with writing novels. Very similar. I'm not going to get into it, but this is like... A perfect story. All right. In the heat of August. In the heat of August. This, in the one of the hottest summers we've had in years. So, I remember I was sitting on the bike playing Christmas music to, 
to get my ideas out to be like, how does this actually work? I love it. Um, Writing feverishly, yeah. right? Yeah, feverishly. Well, I got the whole plot out, yes. all done. I've um, I've never written a play before. Turns and you're sweating. Out, you're sweating, sweating the whole time. Don't don't even like. I turns out I don't like writing dialogue. And then I'm like, oh shit. Well, a play is all dialogue, yes. isn't it? Um, <laughs> That's my greatest fear about writing a play too. You know what? And it's tough because I didn't work within the limitations of a stage play. Like, mm. I know a lot of what I have here, and this is up to the director. I'm like, they got to figure out how to stage what I want to happen. It, it's kind of, nice. there's a lot, I think, that I want to have happen. But at the end of the day, all I'm trying to do, we're trying to write this Christmas play, this Christmas classic. Um, <laughs> that sounds natural. That, yeah. like isn't stilted in any kind of way. So um, I'm not nervous necessarily about showing you guys. People are writing musicals. But I know you guys won't be judging. Oh, I was influenced by Hamilton quite a bit, by the way. Just Nice. Because <laughs> you saw it live this summer. I did. So when I first saw Hamilton on just Disney Plus, like two years ago. What happened to you? Blew my dick off. Yep. That was <laughs> one of the most transformed things I've seen. Uh, which I, blew your dick off more, though, the Disney Plus version or the live version? You know Ooh. what? It's <clears throat> it's difficult. Um, I think there are some really good things about, obviously, the Disney original version. You're seeing, like, a better cast, obviously. Mm-hmm. You're seeing Lin-Manuel Miranda. Um, uh, Odom Jr. What's his first name? I don't know. Lamar Odom Jr.? No, who's the basketball player? Lamar Odom? Oh my god, Lamar Odom. Yeah, so not Lamar Odom, the other Odom. Um, you're seeing, like, David Diggs, and you're seeing a better cast, for sure. Yeah. And you're seeing it <clears throat> in its sort of native New York setting in mm-hmm. which it takes place. But the live version sort of has, like, this immediacy to it, right? Um, and I mean, you see in the Jubilee, and the sound of the Jubilee is amazing. Mm. Like, the acoustics are so good. I don't think, I mean, it helps that I've seen Hamilton before and I've watched with the subtitles. Okay. But I would still understand what they were saying just in the Jubilee, just as fire and rapid pace as it goes. Because um, it's clear enough. Because it's clear enough. I feel like some parts of the acting were better in Disney because I feel like the guy who played um, Lafayette in the touring company too thick with the French accent, right? Very hard to understand. Um, um, George Washington was played sort of much older, right? I don't think the the singer, he just sounded older. And that okay. just might be his voice. I don't know, right? But mm-hmm. there was a, the stage production, regardless, is just incredible. There's always movement happening. The stage will move. There's a moment, it's so like, sort of nondescript, but there's a moment in the play where a character will toss his chair across the the stage, right, and the Hercules Mulligan character just catches it and just, like, walks out with it. Like, just little things like that. There's, I'd, I'd probably die on that <laughs> stage. I'd get hit with a, a thrown object or, like, the spinning platform. Like, I would I would die. Not the number uh, of times these guys are rehearsing. Oh, yeah. It's well, like that's watching true. Cirque du Soleil or something. Yeah. Well, that's exactly, yeah. like, yeah. the amount of time, time and skill that goes into it. Yeah. That's why theater's so impressive. Yeah. And we just take it for that one night and, oh, yeah, compare it to Disney. <laughs> well, yeah. really, like, when you see a person live yeah. doing it night in, night out, what they've, like, perfected, there's something yeah. Well, what I got to say, then, is I have, some, about I have some high yeah. demands for this, then, like, this <laughs> has to be cast correctly. Like, I and can't this, wait. This is another thing. I don't know, like, I was commissioned to write a play. Mm-hmm. I don't want to direct it. I don't want 
to necessarily be involved in it because it's a huge, massive time commitment. Yeah. Did you write yourself into it? No. What? Well, not even a little. Nah. <clears throat> Come cameos in place. It's not for me. Wow. I thought for, for sure he was going to be in there. Um, is there, a, there is a character, though, that clearly you'd be perfect for. Like a teen angel type of... Well, it's like a bit character in the background that says the most hilarious line of the... You know office. what? I don't know if there is. There isn't. No. No. Um, well, this like, is first draft anyway. So. It is. Oh, yes. And that's the thing. Um, I had my wife look at it. She offered some suggestions. Um, but, yeah. So, I'm kind of interested to see what you guys think. And, like, honestly... Normally, I'm very protective of, like, my original work, mm -hmm. but I don't know the first thing about plays. So, if we can workshop this and, like, there are other suggestions, like, even for length, for character development, I mean, people who've directed a play might know, like, this just won't work. Yeah. I mean, absolutely, right? Like... So, you're looking for feedback. Absolutely. Mm, this, okay. th this, I, my hope is this goes from being, like, my play to sort of our play in terms of yep. collaboration and things like that because and when it comes back down to royalties it's back to your play well <laughs> depending on the royalties we get we'll probably do like a 70 15 15 well, split and if there's a copyright <laughs> there's a copyright lawsuit who, who has to pay up if there's a copyright lawsuit from say Beyonce or well, we're gonna get it. we're gonna get all that sorted out beforehand. <laughs> this is why do we need a lawyer while we do this? So how is that uh, Portuguese one, by the way? Uh, it's rich and dryish. Yeah. Mm. So yeah. Okay. Good. Yeah. Good. Doable. I look forward to sampling it. Good. Good. Uh -huh. um, so just to be clear, yeah. so the listener knows, <clears throat> you started this play on August first. Today is August twenty second. So we're talking. Wow. Literally three weeks and when did you put the finishing touches on it so in total let's say this is four hours worth of writing okay like if we take it's, it's literally just four hours worth of writing writing's always been easy to me mm -hmm. but i don't know if that makes it good well you're a wordsmith you i do like you writing. live language i like it Spoken word um, to you, like <clears throat> speaking and conversation, is mm -hmm. eloquent. You've got a Thank great you. vocabulary, huge vocabulary. So I'm very perspicacious, yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> so four hours in total of writing this came out to about 30 pages. Mm -hmm. I don't know, what is the length of a play? What was The Hobbit? What was, like, what are other plays... The Hobbit, as a very wordy, way too long mm -hmm. play, was like... 70, 80 pages. Oh. It was way too much. Okay, well, the director can slow this down, then we can make no. the action. <laughs> I, I hacked well, it down to about 50 pages. Holy fuck. Okay. Um, I would say I would prefer it being this length, and that gives all the room for addition. the acting and everything else that has to happen here. Well, and I know the poetry slam kind of rule was sort of that one page is about one minute. Okay. <clears throat> Isn't that right, oh, Prophet? Yeah. So, like, a three-page poem would be roughly three minutes? I think you're right. Yeah, And spoken right. word is usually faster than dialogue. Definitely, because this, right? yeah. this will have to have movements. Mm -hmm. um, and then to answer the question, maybe I finished it... Uh, maybe, like, a minute and a half, two minutes. Right? Okay, yeah. we'll see. Yeah. Yeah. I finished it this morning. <laughs> yes! Wow. Based on final sort of edits and suggestions, it was finished this morning, printed off two hours before awesome. I got here. I yeah. was curious. So you did take... Some of your wife's suggestions. I did. Yeah, I took them all first, and that way I come to you with a more refined mm. sort of 
piece of work that then we can refine even further. And we'll reflect right. whether your original instincts were right mm-hmm. or if uh, uh, your other half is correct. Well, I'll let you know. Yeah, I'll let you know. There were maybe two moments mm-hmm. where I was like, correct. where I was like, you know what? Mm-hmm. I'll change it because I think what you're saying makes sense from like a directorial standpoint or like mm. constant standpoint. So I changed it. But I can let you know where those are where like we can see what instincts were correct or not. Okay. Um, a lot of this though does, like, I, I don't know, like, Dialogue's hard. I feel like this dialogue is very quick, right? I don't know how that comes across in a play with like quick dialogue and like banter. Yep, like Tarantino-esque um, opening scene of Reservoir Dogs, kind of quick. Yeah, yeah. that's okay. how I roll. Um, nice. Yeah, so I don't know like how that comes across as an actual stage play, mm-hmm. right? I broke the fourth wall intentionally quite nice. a bit. I liked Love the that. direct addresses to the audience. Love it. And I tried to play a lot with like just the the staging and like I want like the stage divided in two at some points where like the lights go up over here lights go up on the other side afterward and that side fades to dark and action's happening Ooh, here just so okay. it's like sort of like yep. sort of constant quick right I really want to like almost like split screen kind of exactly yeah yeah, yeah, yeah where you can see things happening right and if mm. if a certain school does choose to bid on this mm-hmm. I think they might have the structures for that like Yep. Or canvas theater walls. or whoever, yeah. 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 Any theater, any school. It's a complicated stage, I think, because I also need a screen. Oh, I love I that. I also want, so there's going to be areas for like mixed media. Okay. So the screen's actually an integral part of the stage. So ideally, you'd have the stage and then a screen above. And I mean, we got to, I mean, whoever's working tech has to be pretty quick to be able to like play music, play like a video to be projected because it's yeah. all part of the the play itself. Okay. So okay. if you were to choose a venue, like let's say it was a school or something, would you choose a larger gym or more of like a smaller gym? I'd want probably a smaller gym, okay. but it's weird. It, to put it this way, it'd be like you 2 playing at like um, the Saddledome, mm-hmm. right? Like they could play in the Barcelona Stadium if it's 99,000 people okay. and they, it'd be fine. Yeah. But it'd be nice to take sort of this sort of big thing and play it in a smaller structure so that it can be more understood, that... More intimate. More Intimacy, intimate, yeah. 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 I think so. Okay. I so like that's that. what Christmas is. It's intimate, right? Yeah. It's cozy. Now, you know, truth be out there, um, the big plan is that I'm going to perform this at my... And this is the new rule I really didn't discuss with you yet. At my work, which is obviously a uh, no not what your instinct is about to tell you because I think that analogy has run itself has run its course yeah, yeah okay. and we are finally at a new analogy so as a um, astronaut <laughs> right play I'm in looking space. to make yes. this play yeah exactly in a, in a small space station not yep. a larger space station right. just because of the intimacy yeah. I mean despite the fact that you're alone in space yeah. with only a handful of people and yeah with the gravity with anti-gravity with no gravity? We're Space not going to need any scary. gravity. The gravity is going to be provided by the play itself. Ooh. 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 Oh. oh. Yes. Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. I'm glad we got that recorded. <laughs> oh. So I've never done a read-through. How does it, uh, how does it work? Well, so um, how, many, how many parts are there? Can we distribute the, uh, the copies here? Yeah, we can do this. Here you go. Do you have a character list at the front here? Of course I do. It's a play, oh, isn't it? Yes. Oh, thank you. Oh. <laughs> I feel it. I feel the gravity. <laughs> I already see one character that has been <laughs> predetermined. <laughs> oh, yes. Is that Mr. 
<laughs> no, not Mr. Anything. <laughs> <laughs> oh. All right. Wow. All right. So this is the part of the uh, podcast where we're going to have to leave our general audience, I guess. Uh, until next time, this intro bit is all that's going up until uh, this play goes up. And maybe the post talk will come mm-hmm. even in this original podcast. Yeah. But the actual read-through won't be appearing until uh, well to. into the new year, 2023. So wow. yeah. you'll have something to look forward to. Yeah. So do you need to press a button? Yeah, give the... Just, do, 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 just do, do, for do. later. There we go.